This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. The jury reached an impasse and the judge declared a mistrial, but Bill Cosby's spokesman Andrew Wyatt says it was total victory. Mr. Cosby, power is back. It's back. It has been restored. The, the jurors, they use their power to speak. But District Attorney Kevin Steele says he will retry the case, and he says good has come even from the mistrial. Andrea Constan and our, and our prior bad acts witness got to, to face the defendant in court um, and got to tell what happened to them. Her attorney says Constan's ready. All right, then, well, there you go. That from uh, Ben Thomas at Associated Press. Um, welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you. 403-974-8255 is our number. So a mistrial in the uh, Bill Cosby case. And a lot of people shocked by that. Uh, because the evidence seems so compelling. Everything we've heard from all of these women about what was done to them at the hands of Bill Cosby, it seems incomprehensible uh, that a jury would reach anything but a swift guilty verdict. That may well be in this particular case with this particular witness... There are some issues, and some have pointed to some of the inconsistent statements uh, from Ms. Constant, who's Canadian, by the way, as a potential obstacle for the prosecution here. But they have made it clear they intend to retry this case. So as much as Cosby's people are going to try to portray this as a vindication, it really isn't. This is not an acquittal. This is not a not guilty verdict. And I don't think they're going to be able to block this from being retried. So where does that leave us? So what are we to, to draw in terms of conclusions from this? Well, somebody who's been writing about Bill Cosby for a long time, probably before everybody else when it comes to issues around this, is uh, our friend Mark Ebner, New York Times bestselling author, award-winning investigative journalist, HollywoodInterrupted.com. Mark, great to have you back with us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Rob. Uh, you know, I was just listening to the uh, package up front there, uh, and, you know, you opened with, Cosby spokesman uh, Andrew Wyatt. Uh, he uh, what wasn't in that clip, and you can find a bite of him saying this, and that is, he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here: Johnny Cochran is smiling down at us from heaven right now. I mean, right. those are his words. I mean, he wants to invoke and invite uh, the OJ comparison. Well, <laughs> you know. Uh, O.J. got an acquittal. A mistrial is not an acquittal. It's a hung jury. It's as simple as that. We may never know uh, what the actual count was on that. Um, But uh, and from what I'm hearing out of Pennsylvania, uh, out of uh, out of Montgomery County, uh, is that uh, the prosecution is trying to. Keep the identity of the jurors secret. Uh, that probably won't happen. Pennsylvania is a state that allows uh, the jurors' identities to be released, and you know someone's probably, uh, given the celebrity nature of this fiasco, uh, you know, these someone will leak something and you know step up and try and capitalize on it. I imagine. I mean, this is a this is a reflection of our divided culture, and I'm not the first person to say that. Um, but you know, if you follow me on social media, my response is thus, you know, and that is that the jury has spoken, 
And they've also signaled that rape is pretty much okay in the United States, you know, as long as hypnotic drugs and are, are employed and it's non-consensual. You know, I mean, that's clearly what's going out there as, you know, as the toxic residual of all of this. Well, it's a concerning message. Um, Mark, do you, do you think it's worth knowing what it was that the jury got hung up on? They came back to the judge a few times, uh, but the judge ordered them to keep going. We don't know exactly what their issue was. Uh, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that it was uh, their real question, and this is something they uh, uh, drilled down on in the final hours, and that was what is what is um beyond a reasonable doubt the basic tenet that a jury needs to conclude on they had a very question about that at its core and so it sounds to me like you know uh it, they just didn't get there um they also you know also understand that uh you know, I suppose, as you know, I've been trying to write a Cosby book for quite some time and shut down uh, at every turn for mm-hmm. uh, a myriad reasons. But um, I would call that book Prior Bad Acts, the Bill Cosby story. Remember, the prosecution, I think they only got one witness in there. And, I, and you know, we're sitting here looking at this aghast, you know, knowing that 60-plus alleged victims of Bill Cosby, uh, you know, all with basically the same story and nothing to profit or gain except for unburdening themselves of that nightmare that they went through. And Andrea Constant, I mean, God bless her, she's got to go through this nightmare again Mm -hmm. because this will be retried. And I don't know that the next jury will sit for the aggressive nature of uh, Bill Cosby's counsel. At least I hope not. Yeah, no kidding. Well, as you say, though, I mean, it's it's a case about her. And should it be relevant to, to, these, to these juries, to these trials, all of these other women? I mean, should more be called in to, to give their version of events as to what happened to them? Because it certainly, I mean, it speaks to a larger picture. Yeah. It speaks to a, a pattern of behavior. Well, Rob, I've come, up, come butt up against prior bad acts again, and justice was uh, served in one of those. Not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but you may have noted that uh, in her third trial, Dahlia DiPolito, uh, the subject of my book, Co- Poison Candy, was finally, after three trials, convicted of conspiring to murder her husband. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some ray of light there. I went off track, um, but with Cosby, uh, prior bad acts should be introduced only because they show a pattern of behavior. And, uh, you know, if you had a judge sensitive to that fact, you would see um, that, I mean, you can't, you, you, there's the best way to uh, prove uh, cause be, you know, as evidence is testimony of people that prove his, uh, uh, you know, behavior and his propensity for this. And those are the alleged victims. And I've got half a dozen of them on speed dial right now. And it's all I can do is to console them. Yeah, no kidding. Can you we know, imagine what like they're going friend, through? 
Yeah, like my friend author Matthew V. Randazzo said, it's like, imagine trying to tell this story in a bookmark, you know? He said, it's like the same horror movie repeating itself over and over 60 plus times. And now the horror movie, uh, (laughs) you know, on repeat doubles down in that Andrea Constant has to go through this again. Uh, You know, but like the prosecution says, at least she got to face him in court. You know, at least she got to face that monster who may well, you know, who, like I've always said, who may well one day be convicted as probably one of the most prolific serial rapists of all time. So that said, you know, it's it's all about the hashtag retrial, I guess. Well, it's funny because when this all happened, and even not long after it happened, when Andrea Constant first started to come forward, nobody wanted to touch this. So it took a long time for people to know about this. It's taken a very long time to get this to trial. Why is that? Well, because uh, Bill Cosby, not so many years ago, was an industry uh, unto himself. Um, this is a guy who once... Uh, considered purchasing the NBC network, you know, and he had that kind of power. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it takes you back to the old saw about power corrupting, but that I, I wouldn't even give him that. I mean, this is a manifestation of a sickness, you know, I, I, and, you know, and the sickness I speak of is, you know, something that Cosby, in evidence, admitted in his own words, and that is, you know, he gave women quaaludes, a, a hypnotic drug. Right, he, is, he has to, admitted this. He's talked about doing this. To have sex with women. Yeah. In other words, he rendered them incapable of anything approaching his consent. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it should have been a slam dunk. I'm not surprised that uh, the uh, jury was hung. And frankly, you know, if he got off, history is, you know, my, you know, my greatest barometer. And I have to say, I wouldn't have been shocked or surprised by an acquittal. It's been 10 years, hasn't it? 10 years since you first wrote about all of this that everybody knows now. Nobody wanted to touch it at the time. No, they didn't want to touch it. Of course not. I mean, this was, you know, uh, and, you know, listen, in, in the story I wrote for the Daily Beast, I warned you about Bill Cosby in 2007. This is, uh, you know, uh, you know, if there was any thesis to that story at all was the media complicity that I noticed in protecting him. Remember, you know, I've got three decades long in the media. And when I tried, you know, when I sourced up, when I got, you know, uh, the, the requisite number of sources together and, you know, tried to get any measure of traction, it was all met with a thud. And that goes all the way to my agency, uh, William Morris. You know, I had the uh, the alleged best book agency in the world. And as you know, when I tried to pitch a book about this back in 2006, for God's sakes, my agent came back at me and, he, and said, are you kidding, Mark? Do you realize how long Bill Cosby has been a client here? 
And at the time, he was with William Morris, and he had been there for like five decades. So it was a deal breaker, you know. And my attitude was very much the same attitude that uh, uh, that comic Hannibal Burris did on stage, which ignited this whole Cosby situation right. in in Cosby's disfavor. And my attitude my, to my agent was, yeah, but he's a rapist, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, and my it also should i should also know not to shame her i'm not going to name her but my agent was a woman <laughs> what do you know that's hollywood <laughs> yeah no kidding so we we've not heard yeah. the last of all of this though i mean that's the takeaway here right no they could be they're they're signaling that it could be tried as soon as uh, october retried yeah yeah well, let's hope so mark uh, much more at hollywoodinterrupted.com always love having you on thanks for making some time for us here Thank you, Rob. Much appreciated. Take care. Mark Ebner uh, joining us from Hollywood, New York Times bestselling author, award-winning investigative journalist uh, who did write about all of this 10 years ago. And he's right. I mean, it was weird, wasn't it? It was the comedian Hannibal Burris was on stage talking about all of this, calling Bill Cosby a rapist. Finally got people to say, well, what's he talking about? What's going on? What's, what's all this about? And then the floodgates just opened. Uh, 403-974-8255 is a number, by the way. I had one text, uh, well, a couple wondering, oh, wait a second, this happened in 2004, so he's only coming forward now? What, 10, 12, 13 years later? Uh, that's not what happened, actually. Uh, yes, the, uh, alleged incident in question with this woman occurred in 2004. It was 2005 that she came forward. One year. Not 10 or 12 or more. One year. As uh, Mark Ebner wrote in the Daily Beast, Andrea Constant, then a 31-year-old former University of Arizona basketball star and athletic department executive at Temple University in Philadelphia, came forward to allege that after a dinner party in January 2004, Cosby drugged her in his Philadelphia mansion, touched her breast, put his, her hand on his genitals, that she awoke with her clothing in disarray and the sense that she had been violated. Her father told reporters that Constant, who returned to her native Canada, had been good friends with Cosby, which is why it took her a full year to work up the courage to report the incident to authorities. Although no criminal charges were filed against Cosby originally, the comedian settled a lawsuit against him by Constant, seeking compensation from Cosby for mental anguish, post-traumatic stress disorder, and the loss of enjoyment of life's pleasures. The terms of the settlement, of course, are confidential. So on August 28, 2007, Hollywood Interrupted broke the news that Cosby had reportedly settled and paid big bucks to avoid follow from a 2006 lawsuit filed against his attorney in a tabloid newspaper by accuser Andrea Constant. In her complaint, Constant alleged she'd been liable, defamed, and her privacy invaded by Cosby et al. After that story appeared, mainstream news interest was scanned, with corporate media barely lacking the stomach to slaughter one of America's sacred cows. And talks about how this was all out there at the time and nobody wanted to touch this. So she did come forward a very long time ago and initially no criminal charges were laid. Maybe things, who knows what would have happened had they been laid at the time. Certainly Cosby's reputation was a lot different back then. But then by doing it now, obviously much more time has passed. So I don't know that it's on her so much as it is on the authorities who initially did not press criminal charges later decided to. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.